0: Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's a Red Sox review. Here's Brian Barrett on WEEI.
1: Some Braves fans who are here on their feet in anticipation of the final out.
2: Here's the 2 2. He struck him out with a good changeup in the dirt. Fam went down swinging. The Red Sox go in order in the ninth. Final score, Atlanta 8, Boston 4. All right, welcome in, and we're taking you all the way up until midnight. Sean McDonough on the call there as the Red Sox lose another game. Absolutely dreadful. This team continues to lose in all kinds of different ways, and we're seeing right now that Bloom has just, quite frankly, built an awful ball club. There's no way around it right now, and I understand there's injuries and all that, but he didn't do nearly enough in the offseason, and we're seeing it right now. Think about it from this perspective for a second here, because I'll get into some of the gory details and some of the stuff that's happened over the past year and a half as it pertains to Heinblum and some of the issues the team has right now actually on the field. I want to get into that as well. But just think about this. If you're John Henry in the ownership group right now, you need to start waking up to what's going on. Because, And I wonder if paying the tax is going to make them wake up, right? Because the Red Sox went over the tax. They're going to have to pay it this year. You look at the other teams in terms of the high payroll teams in Major League Baseball. Well, here it goes in order. Number one on the list is the Los Angeles Dodgers. The Los Angeles Dodgers are arguably the best team in baseball. It's absolutely loaded. They're playing really well right now. In fact, at this moment, they're playing better than anybody in the sport. And we know that the Dodgers a couple of years ago... They won the World Series. They're relevant every year. They're the highest payroll in the sport. Okay, so you're the ownership group out there in L.A. You can justify, hey, it makes a lot of sense. We should be paying the tax. We're trying to win World Series. We just traded for the Mookie Betts guy. Remember we got rid of Alex Verdugo, (laughs) Jeter Downs, and Connor Wong? We talk about this all the time from a Red Sox perspective. I wonder what they think there. Like, I mean, this is an absolute ripoff, right? It's like what we feel as Celtics fans when the Celtics traded for Kevin Garnett. Al Jefferson, that's it. And actually, the Al Jefferson trade was better for Minnesota than the Mookie Betts trade was for the Red Sox. At least Al Jefferson, for a couple of years there, gave you 20-10. and Now, that type of player became a dinosaur in the NBA a couple of years later, right? The -the back-to-the-basket guy. But the point being is that was perceived after, like years after, as a bad trade. Obviously, Kevin Garnett goes to the Celtics. This thing is way worse. Like It isn't even in the same stratosphere. This is one of the worst trades we have seen, not only in the history of baseball, in the history of sports. And Bloom authored that one. I mean, unbelievable job by Heim there. Great value on Verdugo, who, by the way, doesn't run hard anymore. That's been abundantly clear. He doesn't run out ground balls. And from a defensive perspective, he has completely fallen off. He's at minus four defensive runs save this season. He is not a good defensive player. Okay, so great trade by Bloom. Jeter Downs looked great when he came up. He was tremendous, striking out almost 50% of the time. And Connor Wong doesn't play. So, I mean, a tremendous trade. But anyway, I, I, sorry, slight digression. Let's get to number two on the list, Steve Cohen's New York Mets. Steve Cohen is the Steve Ballmer of Major League Baseball. Doesn't care. Pay as many guys as you want. Let's just get here and win. We're going to go out in the offseason. We're going after Scherzer. Last year, we're trading for Lindor. We're paying him. Even if he's overpaid, we're paying him. We're going for it. Okay, the Mets are the best team in the National League. East. They just embarrassed the Braves, who the Red Sox were just swept by. They took four of five from the reigning defending champs over the weekend, by the way. The New York Yankees are third in payroll. We know where they're at right now, best team in the American League East. Yeah, they're not playing well right now, but they're still the best team in the American League East. Okay, And I would take Houston over them in a series, but the Yankees have a really good opportunity, of course, based on their record, at getting the one seed. You know who's fourth on the list in payroll? Dave D. and his Phillies, oh, yeah, they took the Schwarber guy, and the Phillies went all in at the trading deadline. You know what they said? Dave D.'s there to win. Remember those days when the Red Sox had Dave Dombrowski, you know, a guy that actually cared about the Major League team, a guy that actually wanted to win? Remember when the Red Sox had that guy? Oh, yeah, what happened? They won the division three years in a row. They won the World Series. Oh, and they had a bad 19. They had an off year. They gave that guy his walking papers to get the fraud in here, Hein Bloom to run the organization. Working out well right now. The Phillies, by the way, yeah, they're not winning their division because their division is absolutely loaded with the Braves and the Mets, but the Phillies right now, you know what they have? The second wild card spot. They spent and they actually executed the plan. Okay, number five on the list, San Diego Padres. They just traded for Juan Soto, one of the best five to ten players in the game. I mean, since 19, he leads all Major League Baseball players in Fangraph's war. Dude is an absolute stud. They also got Josh Hader at the deadline. They're all in. A couple of years ago, they went after Manny Machado. Six on the list, highest payroll in Major League Baseball. Getting ready to pay the tax. You're Boston Red Sox. Right now, they are 54 and 48. 54 and 48. They are five games out of the final wild card spot for a team that is paying the tax. And this is what would irritate me. If I'm John Henry in the ownership group, and I don't know what irritates them, but I'm telling you this is what would irritate me. If I decided that Bloom is the next great baseball executive because that's what the Red Sox did. They tried to do what they did with Theo. They tried to execute this plan where We found the next guy. We found the guy that can not only find the -the under-the-radar guys, can build a major league team as well. What they failed to realize is they got a guy that cannot build a major league team. This team is a disgrace right now from a roster construction perspective. And they were going to pay the luxury tax or the CBT uh, for a team that is going to be nowhere close to the playoffs. They better wake up to this crap. Okay? They have got – if this doesn't wake them up, I don't know what will because they're going to get that bill and say, wait, hold on. Uh, Wait. Wait, Haim. (laughs) We weren't even close to the wild card. We got to pay a bill? Who who, who are you paying here, man? What are you doing? If you're going to go over the tax – fill out the rest of the team, and make this thing a winner. It is an embarrassment. I mean, imagine that. This guy went over the tax, and he built this ball club? Think about what's on the mound tonight, or who's on the mound tonight, I should say. I cannot believe I'm saying this. They threw out two relievers tonight. And look, partially this is because of injuries. We all acknowledge that. But they threw relievers out there on the mound tonight that are legitimately— and unequivocally worse than Jake Walkman. They have guys out there tonight that are worse than Deekman. Court sucks. Oh, or excuse me, Caleb Ort. That guy blows. I mean, god. I almost feel bad for the guy. I know he's getting a check and all that, but he's going out there and he's just in the words of X, he, uh, the words of Eck, he's getting his lunch. He is horrible. He has no, there's a reason the guy was 30 and in AAA. He has got absolutely nothing to fool big league hitters. I mean, jeez. Almost feel bad for his family having to watch him out there. And then you think about Darwinson Hernandez. I mean, he's just a worse version of Walkman. That's what he does. He walks everybody, and then tonight he gives up the home run. Middle, middle, absolutely poorly located. That's what Darwinson does. And before that, by the way, Bobby Dahlback. I mean, what is that? What is Dollback doing at first base? I, I miss Hosmer. The guy's been in the club for like four days. I miss Hosmer already because Dollback's trying to make that play. I don't know what he's doing. He's moving backwards. The guy's nowhere close to first base. Set your feet and make a play. That's why Bobby Dahlback is at minus 12 defensive run save since the start of the 2021 season. And guess what? Amongst qualifiers, that's the worst of any first baseman in the sport. That's how bad Bobby Dahlback is from a defensive perspective. So another wart of Bloom showed up this weekend. Or I showed up today, I should say. The first base situation. Where, by the numbers, they've had the worst defensive first base situation in the past two years. By the way, during the Dave Dabrowski era, the Red Sox actually had really good first baseman defensively. This guy, Mitch Moreland, he was pretty good. Ever since then, Heimblum has ignored the position until Eric Hosmer fell in their lap. And I will not give him credit for Hosmer. Who could? The reason Hosmer became available, think about it from this perspective. You had a situation where, as we alluded to with the Padres, Juan Soto, one of the best players in the game. He became available Or I should say Hosmer became available because the Padres made that huge swing so they could pick up Juan Soto. Okay, so you have Hosmer is supposed to go to Washington. It's one of the 10 teams on his list where he can deny that. And he's like, why the hell would I want to go to Washington? No, send me somewhere else. If you don't want me here, I ain't going there. It's a dumpster fire in Washington. So because of that, the Red Sox essentially have to pay no money to Eric Hosmer. They just have to take on Hosmer. The Padres send them the money for Hosmer. So they just get him out of town in San Diego. So really think about this. Ask yourself this question. We all know that the first base situation for the Red Sox, again, for the Boston Red Sox, the Boston Red Sox have had no first baseman for a year and a half. So ask yourself this. If the Juan Soto trade does not occur, does Heim Bloom actually pick up a first baseman? Ask yourself that question and think about how ridiculous it even is that we have to ask ourselves that question. The only reason that the Boston Red Sox right now, and I'm happy, don't get me wrong, I'm happy they have Hosmer because I couldn't watch this crap anymore like we watched tonight. But think about this. Do the Red Sox actually have a major league first baseman if Juan Soto doesn't demand a trade? The answer to that is no, because Bloom would not have seen the value in trading for one. And just to put this into context, how much of a disaster this has been for the Boston Red Sox. And just in a really a blatant example of front office malpractice. Okay, just to put some numbers on this. The Red Sox since the start of the 2021 season. At first base, they are negative 25 defensive run saves. Think about that, negative 25. The team that is 29th in Major League Baseball and defensive run save at first base the Detroit Tigers at minus 12. The Red Sox are at minus 25. If that's not front office malpractice, I don't know what is. How do you continue to put out the worst first base situation for two years running? And the only reason it is temporarily solved is because a guy fell in your lap. That is utterly embarrassing. And the ownership group has to start to wake up and see some of the stuff that this guy's doing. I mean, this is an absolute joke right now. All right, before we go any further, let's hear from the manager Alex Score.
3: Yeah, I mean uh the, the walk right, 0-2 to 2, uh, two outs, right and then the big swing by Osuna but he he gave us a chance, you know, six innings, three runs. I mean, we should be able to to, you know, that's that's we should be able to come back there, you know, or or you know, score more runs than them, but it just didn't happen. The fan Back to the run. To get a life into the ballpark, then you didn't get two more back and forth. yeah, shut down innings too. Uh, we've been talking about two out walks uh you know um, two out runs, but the shutdown is innings too you know, you know we thought you know we came back you know we, we went with Darwin in that spot, you know it's just we can't go to everybody at the same time and you know he gets us una out and the name fill hit on the Homer he did a good job with the next two hitters. We come back. We went with Brazier. I think it was O2 uh, hit by uh, Olson, if I'm not mistaken. Stay over the middle, over the middle of the plate. Um, you know, Eddie, a pitch down his zone. He he lives with those. You know, and he did a good job going the other way. So it's uh, it's where we at right now. Where we we got to pitch better. We play better. That's the bottom line. He, the thing with Tommy is like he stays in the zone. You know, he doesn't expand. His strikeouts in Kansas City were looking, but at the edge of the zone. You know, when he gets pitching in the zone, in it, he puts good swings. And um, he's doing a good job for us. He's a different at bat, and um, for him to stay up the middle and drive the ball center, is a good sign. What have you seen with um, I think at the end we can talk mechanics and all that, but uh, we we need to swing strikes. Uh, you know, we're chasing a lot of pitches, and um, that's, when you don't swing, uh, uh, swings in the zone, that's that's what's going to happen. You know, he expanded, um, you know, with the sinker in right a few times, um, struck out with a breakable down, and then extended with the dull play. So, you know, we, we can talk all about mechanics and, and work as hard as he, he does, but the swing decisions have to be better. You know, he he needs to... Make sure he gets him in his zone. We talked a little bit yesterday. Like you still, J.D. Martinez. You know, you see Charlie Morton what he did. He expanded, and he expanded with him. So, just get back in his zone and put good swings there. And if not, you know, take your walks. That, that's that's always when they're struggling like that. Walks are gonna get you back to who you are, and that's what we need we have to do.
2: We good? All right, that was Alex Core after the game tonight. So if you want to react to anything the manager said, you certainly can. And also on the table, do you have any faith that Bloom should be the guy running this team going forward? 617-779-7937 the number. By the way, I know that Alex Core wants to sh- show support for his player, but he's not the same GD Mar- JD Martinez. There's a reason that he was hitting six the other day. He ain't JD Martinez anymore. Our executive producer Doug Lane sent me this note earlier. 7 for 61 Seven for his last 61, J.D. Martinez is. And during that stretch, he has 22 strikeouts. That's a 31.4% strikeout rate during the stretch. He ain't the same guy anymore. He hasn't been hitting since June. And you just really start to wonder, where is Heimblum going here? Because I have no idea what the hell he's doing. The trading deadline was a joke to the point where people within the organization told Alex Spear of the Globe that the word that they came away with was confusion. Nobody knows what the hell Bloom's doing. Because if you really looked at this team and you said, hey, what's the best thing long-term, based on the ethos of Bloom, right? Bloom wants to rebuild. He wants to look towards the future. He doesn't care about the present. He doesn't. He doesn't give a rat's ass about this team winning at all. Look at what he did prior to the season. He didn't do nearly enough to help this team that was two wins away from the World Series. So we can unequivocally say that Bloom doesn't care about the Major League team. He doesn't. He doesn't put emphasis on the Major League team. He cares about the farm system. That's his thing. He cares about the farm system. Major League team, be damned. Two wins to win away from a World Series, be damned. We don't care about you. right? So I just try to think from Heinblum's perspective. Not that I really want to, but I'm trying to think from his perspective. If his goal is to win long-term, why didn't he sell off parts at the deadline based on where the team was at? Now, the reason the team's at this point, a large portion of it, is him. He never replaced Renfro. He got rid of 30 home runs. And I'm fine with that move in a vacuum. I've told you that multiple times. But you didn't get a real outfielder. You started the season with Jackie Bradley Jr., who you already got rid of. So from a major league perspective, all you did was make your team worse. Schwarber went out the door. You didn't want to keep him around. You came up short $30 million on him. And now J.D. Martinez looks like he's cooked. He's got to be playing baseball somewhere else next season and you don't have a DH long-term. A guy that fit this lineup perfectly, Cora mentioned it time and time again. He actually mentioned it on the afternoon show today how he compared Pham and Hosmer to Schwarber in a way like, oh, they actually walk because the Red Sox prior to Schwarber, 24th in walk rate. After Schwarber, third in walk rate. This season, 24th in walk rate. What do you know? The one guy that walks, you got rid of that guy. You didn't want to bring him back, right? So you just look at all this stuff, and you look at the team coming into the season— they were relying on two relievers in Matt Barnes and Jake Deekman that aren't good for high leverage situations. I mean, it's just complete mismanagement of the major league club right now. So I don't understand from High and Bloom's perspective what the hell he did at the deadline. Yeah, you got a couple of prospects for Vasquez, and hopefully those guys work out for you long term. But from the High and Bloom playbook, it would have made sense to sell, and he didn't do that. I, I really have no idea what this guy's doing. Really I have no idea what he's doing. And I really think at some level he doesn't have balls, right, where you look at what transpired at the trading deadline, and he caved to the players, and he caved to the manager. And, look, I love that these guys fought back. They kept saying, we want to make it hard on Haim because I love the 2018 Red Sox. I love those core group of players. I loved Mookie. I love JD and Bogarts and Devers and Evaldi. I love the fact that they put pressure on him, and he caved. Who wears the pants around here? Alex Cordas they, the play- they put the pressure on Haim, and he caved. Let's get to Ken. He's in California. What's up, Ken? Hey, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I I just like to know who gets fired first, Cora or Bloom? Bloom.
4: Bloom. It, it, he's a disaster. What did he do at the trade deadline for the bullpen? Nothing. What did he do beginning? And I, I for would the just bullpen? like
2: to know what the hell did he do? Period at the deadline. I don't know. He Nothing. bought. He sold. I don't Nothing. know what he Anything. did.
4: And he, and he kept guys. He, he said, oh, I want to keep this core together. Uh, we're going to keep J.D. Martinez. Look at him. He, he's clearly not the J.D. Martinez. And if I was a pitcher, I wouldn't throw him anything but a curveball down and low and away by a yeah,
2: breaking ball low and away. He, uh, he cannot hit it. And he can't lay off it either, Can? It's really sad to watch, shady the way that it's played out. Because the contract yeah. was a good contract. I mean, that's for sure. They got... Really all the juice out of that contract, right? I mean, you think about what he did in 18. He was really good last year as well. So they got everything they possibly could. It was a great contract by Dave Dombrowski. But J.D., unfortunately, is pretty much done, which brings me back to the offseason. You don't consider bringing Schwarber back. And I'm okay if you're going to trade Renfro for prospects. But you better replace Renfro's production with a major league guy. And he didn't do that. I always thought that just out of... It felt like an obvious thing. Okay, if Renfro's gone, they must be signing some outfielder. And they never did it. It's flat-out embarrassing.
4: You know, and, and these two guys in the bullpen,
2: Ort and Hernandez, they don't bring along <laughs> anywhere near a major no. league pitching match. No, I mean, Darwinson, I, I've, had I've had enough Hernandez of that. I've had enough of that. Hernandez is pitching to a 21.6 ERA. That's <laughs> over two runs an inning. Ken, you know what went down tonight? It actually What's went that? down after tonight, after he gave up the home run. His oh, ERA no, actually went down somehow. I know, because he only gave up two runs in an inning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about that. That's I mean, it's it's flat-out embarrassing, Ken. I appreciate the call. And I just have to wonder, like, what Bloom is thinking right now? Is he embarrassed with the team that he put together? I hope he is, but I really don't know if he would be. looks at it and he says, look at what we got for Vasquez, man. Oh, yeah, we're going to be cooking with gasoline. 2026, 2027 six, twenty twenty seven. Let's go. We're going to be ready. All right. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. The number. Brian Barrett take you up until midnight. Okay. So if you want to win the game, in and of itself, we can. I'm going to get into Pavetta in a little bit. He did get jobs. He should have struck out Rosario. Unfortunately, Adam Beck missed that strike call in Rosario. But hey, that doesn't justify throwing a ninety one point nine mile an hour cookie to Ozuna. You know that guy can absolutely mash, and it can hit the ball into the ballpark. So it doesn't justify that. Look, Pavetta got screwed. I'm not saying he didn't, but unfortunately, that happens in baseball. You got to execute better, and unfortunately, Pavetta he couldn't come back and get Ozuna, and that's basically the game right then and there. Because then Darwinson comes in later, and Brazier comes in later, and it's just later, it's just a mess. I I just can't stand the fact that the Red Sox find a way to get back into that game five to four tonight. Just talking about the game in and of itself, you get back into that game five to four. The Tommy Pham home run, who by the way is absolutely crushing the ball right now, hard hit rate with the Red Sox is over seventy-seven percent, which is unbelievable to think about. Everything this guy hits is loud. But anyway, Brazier comes in after he strikes out Riley. Olson singles. Contreras reaches on a swinging bunt. All right, that's bad luck. But then Rosario hammers a sinker, middle middle that was down six-four ball game. It's a bad pitch by. Brazier, and then he throws Ozuna a ball up in the zone that he could easily get to the outfield to give them the ability to bring in another run on a sack fly. So just unbelievably bad situational pitching from Ryan Brazier. And we all know the story with Darwinson. Absolutely sucks. I, I cannot watch this guy pitch ever again. I thought the Red Sox, I was happy at the deadline. They got rid of Diekman, but basically they just brought up a guy from AAA that is a much inferior version of Jake Walkman. That's what they did. They've made my life worse. 617 779 7937, the number. We're taking you all the way up until midnight. So if you do want to win the game in and of itself, you can. Also on the table, Heim Bloom. Do you have any faith that Heim Bloom can build a winner at the major league level going forward? Should he be the guy running this team long term? We'll get into it next here in EI. <laughs> Diving deep into the Red Sox, it's a Red Sox review. Here's Brian Barrett on WEEI. Brazier stands on the first base end of the rubber, comes set and fires. And there's a well-hit ball to left center. Running out of room, Fam. it's halfway up the wall. Karen played by Fam. Olsen has scored. The throw goes into second, not in time. And on to third base goes Contreras. It's a wall Double. For Eddie Rosario, and the lead back to two for Atlanta, it's six to four. Sean McDonough on the call tonight. The game completely came off the wheels. Completely off the wheels. By the way, I just wanted to mention this real briefly. You know, the Phillies are 62 and 48, you know, they've won 12 of 13. You know who's running the Phillies, right? Dave Dombrowski. Red Sox fired him, right? He won a World Series here, right? Dave Dabrowski. I believe he won a World Series here. He's 62 and 48. He's won 12 of 13. Picked up David Robertson at the trading deadline. Pretty good move. Pretty good move by Dave D. Picked up David Robertson. The Phillies have outscored their opponents by 76 runs this season. They're second in the National League wildcard race. The Red Sox have been outscored by 36 runs. They're 54 and 48. 54 and 58, rather, I should say. I think the Red Sox ownership group's looking at the Phillies right now. I'm just saying, the Dabrowski guy wasn't that bad, was he? Think about who they, everybody perceived. Oh, Dave Dombrowski ruining the farm system. Eh, not really an accurate narrative. Not an accurate narrative of Dave Dombrowski. Let's be real about that. Who'd you get rid of? Manuel Margot? Okay. For Craig Campbell, wouldn't do that again? Michael Kopech and Yohan Mankata? Hmm. Really difficult. Wouldn't do that again. Santiago Espinall for Steve Pierce, the World Series MVP. Yeah. Dave Dombrowski sucked, man. He really sucked. 617-779-7937, the number. Let's get to Wayno. He's in South Boston. Wayno.
1: What's up, buddy? Hey, I heard that you're moving on.
2: That is true. I bl- I will be leaving. My final uh, show will be on the boy,
1: 18th. Man, I'm going to miss you. Where are you going?
2: I'm going to The Ringer and Spotify. I'll have a Patriots podcast every Sunday for you, Wayne. Every Sunday night. Yeah. You get my podcast. Yeah.
1: You promise?
2: I promise. Yes, I'm doing it every Sunday. you will have a podcast for you right there.
1: Why don't you put me on? Because
2: you know me. I'm the Patriot master. We'll see about that, Wayne. I'll talk to the boss. I'll talk to the bosses.
1: I'm just psyched. The guy said today, he goes, Wayne, you're all wound up. You feel, huh? I go, yeah, football season's here, baby. I said, I can't wait. I've been uh, sitting in the what do you call? It? I didn't even go out for like three days. It was like a hundred. I felt like I was back in Iraq.
2: Oh man, that's not good, Wayne.
1: Uh, well, when I was in the Marine Corps and we were in Iraq, it was a hundred and thirty degrees. Think about that. You could cook somebody on that stuff. That's crazy. But, I know, but we had to do our job. You know what I mean? Well, Wayne, Ryan, thank I'm you for your service. You, Wayne, so hold how on. Do I, how Wayne, do I get
2: in touch with you. Wayne, let me just say thank you for your service, my friend. You're welcome,
1: brother. You're welcome. Oh, but um, so where are you? How am I going to get in contact with you? Are you going to be around?
2: Yeah, I'll be around. I'm not moving Wayne. I'll be in Boston, man. My podcast oh, so is going to do... be a Boston podcast. You'll be able to hear it every uh, three times a week at least.
1: What's it going to be on?
2: The Ringer and Spotify. You can get it on any podcast service that yeah. Ringer and Spotify. Yep. I know
1: what Spotify is, so that's where you go on. Yep. All right, because I want to watch you and listen to you. you. You're one of the best. And I know right now the guys at EEI are going, no, no, <laughs> he was the best guy. Oh, no. All
2: right, hey Wayne, I appreciate it, my friend. All right, Brian. All right, have a good night. 617-779-7937, the number. So if you do want to weigh in on the bloom era, is it time to move on from Bloom? Is he the guy that can get this job done? Do you believe in bloom Let's get to Paul. He is at Westfield. Hey, Paul.
0: Hey, Professor Bear, How are you,
2: bud? I'm doing well, my friend. How are you? Oh, I'm in shock. You're.
4: I heard what you just said, ringer, Spotify, three days a week. Oh, why are you podcasting instead of EEI? Is it better a business opportunity?
2: Yeah, it's a good opportunity for me, Paul. I'll say that. Uh, awesome. Uh, I have a follow-up question. Um,
4: the last time we spoke, I asked you, when you explain things, you're like Spock. You have a depth and simple facts. So, I may not have a clue in the world what the player is, but when you explain how I asked you how bad was Heim Bloom, and you said the ass had it. You explained several players that <laughs> when you look at the basic understanding of the player, the capability, and what they were issuing, it's like we were trading for people like Deakin And, and Heim and Bloom made some bad decisions. Yeah, uh, it's not his fault. JD has a bad back, and he did nothing at the trade deadline. It's possible he had nothing to do with the trade deadline because we had nothing to offer. And is it possible he just had some bad decisions combined with bad timing? Because he, he, he's not stupid, but you sound like you'd be a better uh, picking players than he does. And do you see him during the well, week? Well, I got, a, job, I got a
2: new job now, so I can't take over.
4: Oh, uh, come on, Spock. Do you see him in person? <laughs> Have you seen him in person? Do you smile and laugh and giggle when he sees you? No, I
2: don't do that. I, I I haven't really talked to him personally, Paul. I've seen him, but I've never really talked to him personally. But, no, I wouldn't laugh at him. Paul, I appreciate the call tonight, my friend. My whole issue with Bloom is he doesn't prioritize the big league club. And I really wonder what the ownership group is thinking of right now when they're seeing Dave Dombrowski go in there in Philadelphia and turning that into a playoff team. Let's get to Ryan in Burlington. Hey, Ryan.
0: Hey, what's going on, Brian? Congrats on the new endeavors. Hope all is well. Thanks, man. And, uh, hey, you got it. So I was at the game tonight, and I'll tell you what. I'll give you the perspective of the game from Heimbloom's view, from my point. (laughs) All right. Three key little facts. Yeah. I saw two pinch hitters, and I'm thinking to myself, hmm, this is where the team's at when we're pinch hitting Jalen Davis and Kevin Ploiecki. (laughs) Uh, I mean... Uh, well, what kind of, well I, 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 you're looking at all the winning contending teams right now, and they, this is who we're bringing up in situations where we
2: need a hit. And they're paying and the tax, Ryan. They're least. paying the tax. They're last, paying last but not the least. tax.
0: Well, what, what are we doing here bringing Darwin to Hernandez and as the first guy out the <laughs> pen? I was sitting there shaking my head. What, what's going on? Bri- Brian, all oh, you take the floor. Tell me what is wrong. Here. I know,
2: man. Hey, and Ryan, hey, let me say this. On behalf of, I don't know who I'm speaking on behalf of, but I apologize that you had to be at the game tonight. <laughs> I hope to, I hope oh, you had man. at least a couple drinks or something, man, because I don't know how you get through this right now. You know,
0: well, we'll hope, we're Redemption Sunday. We're heading into the game Sunday, so maybe it'll be a different story.
2: Oh, Sunday night baseball, Yankees. Okay, all right. At least the crowd will yes. be act. Oh, you know what, that Ryan, that could be really bad for the Red Sox. I appreciate the call, my friend and I appreciate you still gutting it out and going to the game because I'm with you when it comes to this. I love most of these players. I love this core. I told you, I can't remember if I told you this last week or over the weekend, the 2018 Red Sox were my favorite team. I was very young when they won the World Series in 2004. I remember it all vividly when they came back, the epic comeback, the hits from Ortiz. The 0-7 team was just a juggernaut. I mean, that team was a complete wagon. And then you look at the 13 team, it was miraculous almost. The fact that that team won a World Series. Go back and look at that roster. It was not particularly great. It's basically Ortiz carried the offense through the postseason. And John Lester carried the pitching staff. The 18 Red Sox were my favorite club ever assembled by this organization. That team was so freaking good. They were incredible. They won the most games in the history of the franchise. And it just, it's unfortunate. And it's sad to me that we are on the verge of, Of next year, the only guy really remaining from that team, or I should say the only guys, Chris Sale, obviously, Rafael Devers, unless something happens with him because Heimbloom's playing a dangerous game with him. I mean, what do you do if Devers doesn't agree to a contract extension prior to the season? Then you're in the Mookie Betts area again where the guy's one year away from free agency. But let's say Devers, Chris Sale, Matt Barnes, and all the other guys are going to be gone. Bogarts is opting out. He's getting the hell out of here. He's already called out Bloom publicly multiple times. You think Bogarts wants to stick around here after that guy low him? And then you think about J.D. Martinez. Look, and he sucks right now, but he's gone. Nate's gone. All these guys are going to be gone. Vasquez already is gone. Mookie's already gone. Benintendi's already gone. They have just taken away that great core group of players. Let's get to Sean and Worcester. Hey, Sean.
5: Hey. Hey, what's up? What up, Sean? Uh... I'm I'm a little bit out of it because you know, I had another surgery. So oh, I'm so sorry about that. Me a, just give me a break for a minute. I, yeah, I'm, Sean, I'm sorry about that, man. It, but but uh, uh, I think High and Bloom and and Cora both should be fired. But I I, I, I I think I think Cora is an ass a... Uh,
2: and, Who, whose ass is he kicking, and, Sean? And kissing?
5: He's kissing high and booms. I don't think and, so. But but uh, I I think I think what uh what we should do is you know n- never mind building up the farm system. All right, know, hey Sean. So. Sorry,
2: I, I, unfortunately, I feel bad for you. That you had surgery. I got to let you go because I. Had a difficult time, understanding what you're saying. I'm sorry that you had your surgery. I hope you feel better, but sorry about that. Let's get to Andrew. He's at Rhode Island. Hey, Andrew.
6: Hey, Brian. Uh, I'm normally calling from Sudbury, but I'm actually at a family reunion in Rhode Island right now. Nice. And uh, and after watching the game, I needed to let off some steam. Um, It's clear Bloom doesn't care about winning. There's no direction or plan for this team at all. They're a mess. They're trotting out Darwinson Hernandez in a two-run ball game. The guys rocking rock a twenty-one point six zero ERA. <laughs> I
2: know. And,
6: and at the trade line, he didn't get anyone in the bullpen. Yeah, sure, he got Sam and Hosmer, but those are guys that he should have gone in the off-season. Right,
2: right. Um, He's too late to and, that uh, answer. It's a great point and. I've said it on multiple occasions. If you're going to trade Renfro, you've got to get a major league outfielder, and the first base situation has been ignored for the past couple of years. You're exactly right. Those are moves that should have happened before the season, not at the trading deadline when your team sucks.
6: Yep, and uh, really quickly here, Bri, uh, congratulations on the opportunity at Ringer. I'm really going to miss listening to you on WEI, but I wish you all the best, man.
2: I'd appreciate it, man, and make sure you can listen to the pod. You can still do that. Yep, we will do. All right, Thanks good back. stuff, Andrew. His line's open if you want to grab it at 617-779-7937. All right, we're taking you up until midnight. So if you do want to weigh in on the Bloom era, because it felt like last year a Bloom could do no wrong. After the trading deadline, everybody was in on Bloom. Has he been exposed to this year? And is he the guy that should be running this team long term? 617-779-7937, the number. Brian Barrett with you on EEI.
0: Your home of the Sox. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI.
2: Trending Now is brought to you by Nissan. You deserve a car that thrills you, and Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at NissanUSA.com today. All right, well, the Sox fell to the Braves tonight, 8-4. To they were swept in that short two-game series. This is just after they had dropped three of four to the Kansas City Royals. Nick Pavetta goes six innings. He gave up five hits, three earned. Of course, he gave up the bomb to Ozuna, which he should have already been out of that inning if it wasn't for the missed strike on Rosario, the batter, previously. But Pavetta's going to bear down and get out of that inning. And unfortunately, he didn't. He gave up a bomb. That's been an issue for Pavetta all season long. Tommy Pham did homer in the loss. Absolute bomb from him. He's been absolutely clobbering the baseball. Bobby Dahl back two hits. He was not good in the field tonight, though. Meanwhile, runners in scoring position tonight, the Red Sox 2 for 7. That was a massive issue last night. They were 4 for 16. Not as bad tonight, but not particularly great either. The Sox and the O's play Thursday night at Fenway. That's a 7-10 first pitch across the Shaws and Star Market. WEI Red Sox Network, Shaws and Star Market perfecting the art of fresh. Sean McDonough, Joe Castiglione, Will Fleming on the call tomorrow. And then you can tune in to the Visit Massachusetts pregame show at 6-10 with Mutt. That's sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitma.com. Josh Winkowski will get the ball on that one. By the way, Josh Winkowski of pitchers that have thrown at least 50 innings this year, he has the lowest swinging strike rate in all of Major League Baseball. So tomorrow night, if you're looking for strikeouts and missed bats, Winkowski's not your guy. Meanwhile, SNY's Ann Begley reporting that Kevin Durant sees Boston as a desired landing spot and would like to play with Marcus Smart. Of course, Smart had been part of the rumor deals if the Celtics were going to deal for Kevin Durant. So the Durant thing, stay tuned to this one. Could get interesting. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. This is Red Sox Review on WEI. Brian Barrett with you up until midnight. So have you lost faith in Heim Bloom? 617-779-7937 the number. <laughs> I'd like to talk to someone tonight. It hasn't. How could you not? <laughs> what a joke of a roster right now. I just want to mention this real quickly though, okay? Because I felt it necessary to put a number on how bad Heim Bloom is at trades. Now look, this is about the Major League club I understand that there are prospects and all that that come back in these trades, but he inherited a team that two years prior to him inheriting it in 18, they won the world series in 19. They had an off year. Heimblum inherited that team that still had a really good roster in 19 was coming off world series at 18. That's the team that Heinblum inherited with a bunch of really good players. Okay. Well, if you look at the trades that Heimblum has made, we all know they traded away Mookie. These are the guys that he's traded away off the major league roster Mookie wins above replacement. Workman, minus 0.5. Hembry, minus 0.8. Benintendi, 4.0. Chavis, 0.4. Renfro, 1.2. So that adds up to 15.4 wins above replacement. From the big league club that Heimblum has traded out. So outgoing wins above replacement, 15.4. Incoming wins above replacement. So what he got back in these trades? Verdugo, 4.6. Downs, minus 0.3. Wong, 0.2. Pavetta, 3.9. Seabold, minus 0.4. Ottavino, 0.5. Franchi, minus 1.0. Winkowski, 0.0. Robles, minus 0.2. Schwarber, 1.2. Didn't want to bring him back, though. Jackie, minus 0.4. So that's 8.1 wins above replacement. So if you take the difference in terms of the trades, what Heimblum sent out from the Boston Red Sox, and subtract what he brought in, the difference there is 7.3 wins above replacement. So he's at the negative 7.3 wins above replacement. You're saying, Brian, what the hell are you talking about? Okay, so I'm going to put this into context for you. Fernando Tatis Jr. led Major League Baseball at 7.3 wins above replacement in 2021. That's the gap between what Heimblum has traded out and what's come in. So just think about that. Essentially, what Heimblum has done, the gap between what Heimblum sent out and and what he brought back is the equivalent to the most valuable player in a season. That's how bad Bloom's trades have been. That's how bad they've been. And you can tell me about De La Rosa down the road in the Benintendi trade and all that. You can't give me any of the guys in the Mookie trade. You can't say, oh, I can't wait to see that guy. No, we've seen him. Connor Wong's a backup catcher at best. Jeter down sucks. And Verdugo is a below average everyday player that came into this season out of shape. He's a worst defender right now. And you can tell me all about this stuff, and I pointed out about how unlucky he is based on his contact, but the reality is hits the ball on the ground too much. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. the number. Let's get to Jason. He's in Providence. What's up, Jason? Hey, Brian. How you doing, man? Good.
7: Hey, congratulations on the new gig. I'll definitely be all over it because you're definitely the best,
2: man. Thanks, brother. I appreciate um,
7: that. You know what? I think... A few weeks ago you said if Bloom lets Devers walk you'll be you might be done with the Red Sox. I I might take it a step further and say as long as Bloom's the GM I might be done with the Red Sox because <laughs> everything you've pointed out is correct. And here's the thing, you know, we Red Sox fans, you know, this has been a Brutal summer from a heat perspective, but also, f- and you know, the news of the world. But also, you know, we don't new Red Sox baseball is like a part of New England culture. And it's like this guy, you know, we get excited when spring training's coming up, we get excited about what the Sox might do in getting to the postseason. And I'll tell you, as long as this guy's in charge. It's going to be some very lean years. And here's what I don't understand about it, and then I'll hang up and let you talk about it. You know, okay, so you're absolutely right. The guy clearly doesn't care about the, the big league team. So he's, he's getting all – he's collecting all these prospects. But let's say – and it's probably a, a high estimate on my, on my part, but let's say a quarter of these minor leaguers turn into studs on the big league team. Well, he's shown us with the lowball offers to Bogarts endeavors that he's not willing to pay anybody anyway. so what are we doing? We're developing players that then will leave for bigger contracts elsewhere Yeah, it's know? a
2: good point, Jason. it's a really good point so and I appreciate the call, my friend. It's a good point. this lines open if you want to grab it at six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven It's an interesting thing to think about, right because all right, if Bogarts has been lowballed by the organization, and if Rafael Devers has been lowballed by the organization, then what are guys going to think coming up through the system? Because Rafael Devers is unequivocally one of the best five to ten players in the sport. I mean, nobody would argue to the contrary. So if you're going to look at Rafael Devers and offer him the $168 million that Matt Olson signed at the age of 28, you're essentially saying, do we really want Rafael Devers long-term? And I don't want to hear the crap about, hey, that's the first offer. Well, the reality here is the first offer cannot be made two years prior to the guy going to free agency. Bloom was asleep at the wheel when it came to that from the first place. Look at the deal that the Astros just got done for Alvarez, right? That's a cheap contract. The reality is and the problem is that the Red Sox, they should have gone to Rafael Devers years ago and got a contract done then. That's how you get a good deal on a player like that, right? I mean, you think about Bregman signs, and I give the Red Sox credit when it comes to this. They tried to sign Mookie Betts. They went to him at every turn. 100 million, 200 million, 300 million dollars, right? So I give the Red Sox credit for actually making legitimate bona fide offers to Mookie Betts. They didn't do that with Devers. They never did that with Raphael Devers. And if Hein Bloom, if you want to make the argument of, well, Hein Bloom wanted to see what he had, well, that's scary in and of itself. If you couldn't see Raphael Devers, basically, what was it? His first major league at bat, one of his first major league at bats, he's turning around 101. From Araldis Chapman and hitting it out of the ballpark. Now, sure, yes, he was raw coming up, but the talent was there. Everybody knew this power tool was absolutely ridiculous. At the age and at the age of 21, he hit 54 doubles. Everybody knew that this kid was going to be an unbelievable star. Except maybe Heim Bloom. And here's the reality: you go to Devers a couple of years ago, and he may take a. Team-friendly deal because that's life-changing money. It's life-altering money. And the problem is with Rafi, the Red Sox have now put themselves in a real crappy situation because now, unless you blow Rafi over next year in the offseason, it doesn't behoove him to sign. He's going to get a massive number as it pertains to the arbitration hearing. And then he can say, I'll just go to the highest bidder in the offseason. And that's where the Red Sox really put themselves in a bad position because you cannot let that guy walk. And this is where I come back to ownership has to wake the hell up. And with Mookie, you still can't defend, even if I acknowledge maybe you did have to trade him. Now, if that was the return, you should have just let him play it out. It would have looked better from a PR perspective rather than what you got back from Mookie Betts because at least then you can stomach, hey, we tried to go after Mookie. We made multiple offers at Mookie. He wanted to play somewhere else. That narrative would not be a narrative anymore. It would just be a truth that Mookie didn't want to be here. Instead, you traded him, and you traded him to your friend, by the way. You traded him to Andrew Freeman, who runs the Dodgers, your friend, and you didn't get a near enough, good enough return. You got one major league player that's below average in my mind. Verdugo's no great player. He's below average. He's fine. He's an everyday player, but he ain't a great player. And then you look at the Bogart situation, and I've said this on multiple occasions. You look at Bogart's power numbers. Every year they go down. You can justify to me, you could make an argument to me, that you shouldn't sign Bogarts long-term. Now, I'm on the other side of that. I love that guy in the clubhouse. I'm not worried about the position long-term. You can move him and all that. And the other thing about Bogarts is he's willing to play ball. We saw that with the first deal. He would be willing to play ball on the second deal. You just can't disrespect the guy, and that's what Bloom did. He offered him a contract that was less money than Trevor Story on an annual average basis in just one extra year. I don't even know why you do that. Just from a PR perspective, and this is sort of the thing that worries me about Bloom. the guy is clueless. I know he went to Yale, but man, how could you make that offer and not think that Scott Boris is going to leak it out as the most powerful agent in the sport? It was going to look bad for you. So if you don't like Bogarts as a player and you don't want to sign Bogarts long term, just be honest about it. Don't get a deal done in the offseason and just say, okay, we'll see what happens in the offseason, okay? But don't offer him a fake contract that you know he's not going to sign. How does that help anybody? There's no chance he's going to sign it. You know it's going to get out there publicly. I just can't understand what's in between the ears with Hein How he thought that was going to look good for the organization in any way, shape, or form. It was idiotic, quite frankly. Let's get to Tucker. He's in Gloucester. Hey, Tucker.
8: Hey, Brian. Rev, first of all, I'm going to say the thing. You know, it, it, I'm I'm really looking forward to the ringer, but it is I am going to miss you having you listening to you on late nights. So you've done a great job and i wish you all the best so there's that out of the way i appreciate um, that tucker five, thank
2: you well
8: you're 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 one of the you're one of the best guys you 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 always it's been amazing what you add from a numbers perspective just having the guy who knows the numbers add so much depth to a lot of the programming on this station so it's it's going to be a big loss but and and, and actually you're the one guy I want to talk to about this question regarding Cry and Bloom, which is the whole point. The whole point is that it all might pan out in the end with the prospects. And I heard James say, well, you know, they might even go bust. well, that's true. But what's got me worried is, um, and I know this is a terrible, um, a terrible meter for it, but you know I, I, I'm watching the chatter, you know um, on when the Hosmer deal went down. the, the chatter online, You saw Red Sox fans asking, hey, Padres fans, these other guys we got with them, are they any good? And the Padres fans said, eh, eh. So now I'm sitting here wondering, my last shred of hope, right? I want to believe, like the UFO poster. I want to believe. (laughs) And my last, that's where I'm at. My last shred of hope is that they might be some good prospects out there, but now it sounds like we're not even getting that.
2: So yeah, I, I mean, ask, they got, you know? Yeah, they got the 28th and the 29th prospect in the Astros organization. I mean, one of those guys is sort of flying up in terms of that deal, in terms of the power. He's got some raw power. So, I mean, great when it comes to that. Like, awesome. They get the 28th and the 29th prospect. My biggest issue, though, Tucker, is just the fact that Hosmer, he looks really good for the Red Sox because he's not Bobby Dahlbeck and he's not Franchi Cordero. And this is not meant to be an indictment on Eric Hosmer. He's only here because of the Soto situation. No teams are like looking at Hosmer at the deadline. He hits the ball on the ground more than anybody in Major League Baseball. He's not a great player anymore, but for the Red Sox, he's a massive upgrade. It just feels like at this point it's sort of pointless based on where the team is at to bring that guy on.
8: Well, I mean, you bring him on because he fell into your lap,
2: right? Right. I mean, That's why he gets no credit. That's
8: why Bloom gets no credit for that. Oh, it's not even just he doesn't get credit. It's an indictment. (laughs) Like, it's the only way you could get an upgrade over Bobby Dahlbeck and Franchi Cordero is by having literally all the stars align to give you a guy who's maybe better. Like, that's what we're down to is taking other teams leaving when somebody invokes a no-trade, I mean, that in itself it is an indictment of the GM.
2: Yep, no doubt about that, Tucker, and I appreciate the call, my friend, and the kind words. No doubt about that. That's what I said. That's how embarrassing the first-base situation is for the Red Sox. And again, if you missed me earlier, those numbers are absolutely horrendous as it pertains to the first-base def- defense with the Red Sox. Since the start at 2021, minus 25 defensive run saves, the Tigers are second-to-last at minus 12. And if Juan Soto isn't traded at the deadline, you don't have a professional first baseman still. Bobby Dahlback has been, by the numbers, minus 12 defensive run saves since the start of 2021. That's the worst among qualified first basemen. And Franchi Cordero was worse. So if it isn't for the Juan Soto trade, you don't have a first baseman right now. That's how much Heim Bloom has ignored that position. It is complete malpractice from a front office perspective. He doesn't think first base is a real position. Really doesn't. Let's get to Harry in Springfield. Hey, Harry.
9: Hey Brian, thanks for having me on. Sure. Definitely uh, gonna check out your podcast.
2: Thank you. I'm the
9: ringer. Hello. Yeah. Um. So the analogy I'm getting is like, you know, it's kind of like when corporate brings in like a new middle management to like change the culture and clean house, and that's the vibe I'm getting from Hein uh, here. Like, like they you know they don't they, they want they want to do a full rebuild. Like mm-hmm. you know, on the wall, they just don't want to admit it. And, uh, you know, yeah, Bogarts is gone. Hopefully they can at least get some pitching prospects for Devers. And, like, you know, it just seems pretty obvious what they want to do. They just don't want to make it too obvious to the fans because, well, I mean, I mean, the precedent's been set. You know, we want to win in Boston. So, like.
2: Yeah, Harry. You know, I, I I, Harry. Hold on money. one sec, Harry. I understand your point, but I do wonder if now ownership is starting to get irritated based on the fact that they're going to pay the tax for a team that doesn't make it to the postseason, right? I mean, I think that's the thing that Bloom may have screwed up here. Like, he may have been able to sell them that bill of goods. They're going to rebuild. It's about long-term sustainability and all that. But when you're paying the tax and you're not in the playoffs, that hurts you on the bottom line, and it's going to hurt you on the bottom line because people aren't going to be going to the games at the end of the season, Harry. So I do think Bloom is going to get himself into trouble when it comes to that.
9: Yeah, you're definitely right. Um, yeah, just yeah, it's just interesting, you know, uh, what direction are they going to go? And it seems like they, I just don't know, are they going to rebuild or are they going to want to contend? It's really a, it's tough to tell.
2: I'm with you, Harry. I have no idea. And that that's the problem, and I appreciate the call, my friend. That's the issue that Red Sox fans are having right now. And it's not just Red Sox fans. It's people within the building. Alex Spear had the article in the Globe that the word that came across is confusion. It's not just players in their uniforms, it's people in the front office, it's people working for the team. They are confused what the direction of the organization is. That's just where they're at right now. Santa Bogarts doesn't care anymore. He's saying it publicly. He called him out when he made the Vasquez trade. Let's get to John in the car. What's up, John?
10: Hey, what's up? I love the uh, the Irish wake we got going on here for you uh, tonight, Brian. Um, <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> with the uh, listen, but I'm going to be straight with you. I will be pissed if we don't get some like uh, some late night React uh, podcast to the Celtics, oh, we're gonna that do a lot, John. Longer. We're gonna
2: do we're gonna do a lot of those, man. Believe me, we'll have them up right, quickly.
10: Because that's that's when uh, I've i started calling in your shows. Obviously, was when the uh, the Celtics post game stuff was going on. So I, I'm pumped for you. Um, I'm excited to listen to you on there. But you know, we've been talking about Bloom for the past couple weeks, calling in about how uh, terrible he is. And you know, I've been thinking about uh, the the outfield. And really, his plan going into the season for the outfield is ju- just as suspect as for his base. Like, yeah. So, we, I mean, he was going in with the, the only full-time, real full-time outfielder was Kike, the super sub, who has a history of getting hurt. Like, Verdugo, you can't even call him a full-time starter because they don't really like him hitting against, left, against lefties. And you had a platoon in right. Like, that's not even that that's so that's worse than Travis Shaw and Bobby Dahlbeck to start off in first base like that's atrocious and that that's really what set me off in the, the last caller talking about talent like He's not a talent a good talent evaluator
2: like right it, it, in
10: in every trade there's been not even like Danny Ames like oh I have to be like killing you in every trade like he hasn't won a trade yet
2: yeah. I, it's bad. I mean, uh, I really, mean, John, he's one The only trade he's won, and it's not even that big of a win now based on what we've seen over the past couple of months with Pavetta, and I don't think Seabold's a pitcher. That's the only one he's won, and the only reason he won that, John, is because the Phillies, they had a GM that was desperate. They were trying to win, and they bought into Workman and Embry because they were good for a couple of months. That's the only trade he's won. That's it. that That's the right, one and, deal. And, and they've
10: had to and, – and actually, and he's – He's really screwed himself with Pavetta because I, I do think they've had to overuse Pavetta and he, and they've exposed him because of all of the injuries and all the unpreparedness that he's had in the uh, in the the pitching the pitching staff. You know, uh, that's that's one of the things that's really been bothering me. But that's where I think when he really needs to go, it's because he's not a good talent about talent evaluator.
2: So I agree. I agree, hey, with you, John. So
10: Thanks a lot for the uh, the past couple of years, Brian. Appreciate it. If I don't catch you next week or two.
2: All right, John, I appreciate it, my friend. Great stuff. Always enjoy your calls. 617-779-7937, the number. Worth you up until midnight. So if you don't want to weigh in on Heimblum, that's on the table. Plus, another underrated thing that he screwed up prior to the season. We'll get into that next here on E.I.
0: Everything Boston Red Sox. This is Red Sox Review on WEEI.
2: All right, welcome back in. We're taking you up until midnight of you know, the disaster at Fenway Park. I really felt like when we were watching this team in the month of June, this is great. They're going to have a season. This isn't going to be an a relevant ball club, and really it is. Nick Pavetta, I get it. He was better tonight. He got screwed, but the reality is this. you got to make a better pitch. You can't throw a 91-mile-an-hour fastball to Marcelo Zuna. That's an absolute cookie. It's an unacceptable pitch. And the Darwinson thing, I just can't watch the guy. But really, I don't really know how you can question the manager. Who is he going to put out there? He doesn't have enough arms right now. He's talking about the other day he was going to use Salamora against lefties because he doesn't have a legitimate lefty because Davis hasn't been good for this team this season. Outside of being an opener, that's when he's the most effective. Josh Taylor never showed up for the season because he was dealing with that back issue, and now he's not pitching again. He's tried to rehab multiple times. It never worked out for him. Matt Strom's still dealing with an injury, so the bullpen sucks. Let's get to David, who is in Florida. David, what's up, man?
11: This team, Brian, you know, they're, they're, they're not the team, the organization is a train wreck. And Last Saturday, I think I called you, and I kind of was teasing you a little bit, saying you couldn't hack it. Well, now I commend you for making a smart decision uh, to, 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 to find a new job opportunity. I mean, this is probably bad for your mental health, and <laughs> so um, I, I commend you.
2: It is tough to watch right now. I'll tell you that,
11: David. I mean, I mean, the, the, the leadership. You know, little Johnny Henry and little Chaim Bloom and little Alex Alex Cora. They're like the characters on the Wizard of Oz. The the the,
9: the, the um,
11: Henry is the Tin Man because
2: he's missing out. Yeah, well, I, I, hold on, I'm going to take Alex Corr out of that. The guy's 17-8 and eight in the postseason. He's lost one series. I'm not going to put Alex Corr in that hey, conversation.
11: You no, know, I, I am, because the two things that bother me, like you said a second, a minute ago, the way he, he doesn't have any pitching, so that I can't blame him for. But what I don't like is that he does not do a good job uh, um, uh, uh, holding players accountable, and he does not... Do much to, to, um, to, what, So uh, hold on, David. To, Let me ask you this: What, what are you
2: re- are you referencing when Jaron Duran didn't run for the fly ball? You thought he should have sat the next day. Is that your point? Not
11: just him, but but Frenchie and I mean, they're has been a series. Wait, hold on. I what mean, was he supposed know, to do with just...
2: Frenchie? Frenchie just sucks. What was he supposed to do with Frenchie? So, I, I, you have okay, two options at first. Hold on, tough, David. You, you had two o- a... David, you had two options at what? first base prior to Hosmer, Frenchie, and Dahlback. Dahlbeck sucks at first base, okay, so too. But, Franchi but, was going to play but, against righties. If what if what do you want him to do?
11: What I would have done okay. with, with Franchi is I would have just either benched him for three or four games, or I would have gone to um, him and said, I want him released earlier. So in hold on, David. Season. Let me ask a you this. Earlier. David, hold
2: on. David, let me ask you a question. In your, in your scenario, so does that mean you play sure. Dahlbeck every day?
11: Uh, Yeah, I could bring up somebody else. There is nobody else, David. There is nobody else. Well, then they—they they, they should. I would have gone to my boss, I am, and I said, "You either get me someone immediately, or I'm just going to threaten them. You know, if they wanted him that bad, then threatening him that he's going to threaten the management that he's going to leave." I mean, so you else, think you know, that, Wait, hold thing. on,
2: hold on, David. I'm trying to understand you here. So, by the way, they're not bringing I'm Cassis saying, up anytime. Hold, saying, David, David. Hold on. They're not bringing right. Cassis anytime soon. So there's not. A guy that they can bring up at first space. So you would, if you were Cora, I'm David as Alex Cora. I tell Bloom yeah. if you don't get rid of Franchi, then he's going to get rid of Franchi himself. No, but I'm saying, if you
11: don't get rid of Franchi, you don't bring me the players I need. Then At the I
2: quit. Oh, you want him to quit? The money. Well, yeah. David, if yeah. I if but, I was Cora, if I was Cora, I would consider it. But, I mean, I, I would consider but, you know, it after the season. Thing. What? Another Although thing they about did. Cora, too. Go ahead.
11: Huh? Another thing about Quora that everybody, nobody is talking about, and I'm sorry, but this is only reasonable to explore is whether or not the Red Sox and him were cheating in '18 when they won, because they were cheating oh, okay. with Houston, and when he. No, what about last year, David?
2: Perfect. What about la- what about in twenty one? You think they were cheating when that it was, was all over the place? Yeah, Everybody last was. Mon- year, last year
11: they barely made the playoffs. They had to go to the last game. They were lucky to get in, and they got
2: hot for four, five, six days. Yeah, That's and-
11: what it was. They caught lightning in a bottle, and they got yeah, hot. Yeah, David, who
2: was the one that was bringing starters out of the bullpen? Who was the one that? Who was the one that, t- the okay, one that outmanaged I mean, Kevin Cash? That. All right, David, I got to let you go, man. You keep talking. You keep talking over to me tonight. I got to let you go. Let's get to Jonathan of Brookline. What's up, Jonathan?
6: Hi, Brian. Hello, show. It's truly sad that you're leaving on WEI. Um, you have to hear first. The curse of the Dombrowski is going to be talked about in the next couple years a lot because High and Bloom is a complete train wreck. Just think about his offseason. You let Martin Perez go, Kyle Schwarber go, and Hunter Renfro traded. I added up the war for those guys, 5.7. The guys you brought in, Trevor Story and Jackie the added-up war for those is 1.5. So in this offseason, you lost 4.2 war. How can you live with yourself <laughs> after being two wins away from World Series, giving up two, 4.2 war in players? It's like he cares so much about the minor leagues. I was talking to a Pir- Tigers fan earlier at the game today. They brought, they drafted like a ton of first-round picks, and none of them worked out. They're so unpredictable in the minor leagues. You cannot count on minor leaguers.
5: One I, more agree thing, you, yep. I agree with you, Jonathan. Yep.
6: I truly believe that Darwinson Hernandez is the worst pitcher I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, that's not being hyperbolic. <laughs> you may like, be I right. I actually think that he's the worst I've ever seen in my life. Like I, You talk about it all the time. Jaron Duran is the worst defensive center fielder you've ever seen. Yeah. Darwinson Hernandez... He's not the most frustrating pitcher I've ever seen because I think Salamora is more frustrating because he takes 90 minutes between the pitch. But Hernandez has to be the worst pitcher I've ever seen. He walks 21% of guys, he has a 22 ERA on the <laughs> year. Absolutely terrible.
2: I'm with you, Johnny, that it's a great call. One of the best calls we've received. <laughs> Johnny, you got to save that, Justin. <laughs> That was hilarious. He's right, though. I, I don't disagree with him. Thanks to Justin Turpin for producing. We're back with to you tomorrow night after the Sox and the O's. Have a great night, everybody. Be safe and be well.